You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 424th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in lovely, not quite as cold Minneapolis. And this is Spencer out in Holyoke, Massachusetts, the paper city, Tim. So, paper city. Nice. Yeah. And today, gentlemen, we had the day of days. I've changed my Zoom background in honor mm-hmm. of the showdown that we were expecting and the showdown that was delivered via the greatest drone video coverage of all time at the Hoogerhide World Championships. Little guy, yes? Objection. I hated the drone footage. Bring back the, the camera. <laughs> Thank you. The camera on the wire is so much better. The drone stuff just makes me sick. I, everyone, Thank you. They're raving about it on the thing, and it's no good. Raving about it. It's way better the way they've always done it, where they've got the camera on wires, and it, and you get the panning shot, and it's steady. This was not steady. Yeah. And I, I think you're feeling what I'm feeling, Spencer. I fear that the cheapness of th- sending five 15-year-olds with drones out there is going to mean that in yeah. a couple of years, even this quality Euro footage is just going to mostly be drones and two cameras like on the finishing straight and Boy. i fear for the future of online cyclocross i didn't expect us to come out of the gates this hot I on didn't this either. episode but boy howdy are we going for it i was worried you guys i didn't know if i was gonna bring it up yeah because the internet absolutely went gaga over this drone footage oh. and it was cool don't get me wrong yeah it's it's what cool. i also that scene I going through the woods i didn't the want it during the race i hated it yes. i hated every minute of it during the event i want to see it maybe afterwards it was kind of interesting mm-hmm. but like i feel like i couldn't see the lines they were taking i feel like i couldn't get used to the you know the angles and like all this stuff i don't know maybe i'm okay, a retro boomers. grouch it, but uh, it would be great I thought for it was, a pre-ride video. Yeah, something no, like that. But not no, not in the awesome. race. Spencer when is it went 100% through the right. tunnel of trees. No, it needs to be in the race. It adds. It add, there's a there's a danger factor. Like yeah, the drone could fall out. That's um, could be, you know take someone out. That'd be awesome. Before well, you know it, no. Matthew Vander Michael Vandenham would have to replace his dislocated. Finger mid race again on worldwide television because of the drone. Yeah, that could have happened. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Shout out, by the way, to our Canadian friend, Manitoba Mike, for winning the internet for relocating his finger. So suddenly now he <laughs> is he's in the pantheon of J- Johnny Hoogerland. I mean, he did something that, you know, oftentimes like, ooh, hockey players play through injury and, and not cyclists. Michael Vandenham made hockey, made his entire country proud. Mm-hmm. With, and by the way, it wasn't even the best performance of Canada this weekend. No. But no. that's a whole other conversation. I mean, he had a lot to live up to, he so he tried to, to, to tried yeah. to get his own thunder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Let's, let's, let's circle back to this drone, like the drone circled back yeah, to I the same like spot on the course Tim's, every time. Tim tried Tim's to get away from this. trying to change this. the subject here pretty quick, Tim, yeah. If the drone had crashed, it would have crashed after our first two riders. The next two riders were most of the time we had Izzy's beat coming and Lars. They're and not Lars very big. Hard. Yep. They're about the size of a drone. If that drone had crashed, uh-huh. <laughs> they would have collided with it. They wouldn't have been able to get over it. Neither of them can bunny hop very well. We would have had a catastrophe that's true. out there. So that's why I'm saying drones are no good. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I disagree. I just... But either way, the drones gave us amazing footage <laughs> of the epic showdown of the... Yes, the race. Two greatest living living male cyclists. Yes. Active male cyclists. Let's be very clear sure. here. Fair. 
Okay. That's um, true. While Van Art and Matthew Vanderpool, with Matthew Vanderpool taking the sprint, um, things that stuck out to me mm-hmm. um, was basically the end. It came down to the sprint, and boy, was that uh-huh. sprint like from a long ways out. It was as mono mono as you could get. It was just, and there was no way in hell Matthew Vanderpool was going to lose that sprint. You could tell that he wanted it so bad, that win. Mm-hmm. His greatest it, cyclocross win of all time. So here's what I take away from this race is we have, we've seen Wout and we've seen Vanderpool go at each other in cyclocross many, 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 many times since they were, you know, U23s and juniors and whatnot. Usually the way it plays out is Matthew Vanderpool burns a bunch of matches and Wout slow and steady, um, you know, reels him back and kind of controls it and then can, you know, try to win the sprint at the end, which is exactly what we thought was happening today. But I think... And and the cycling world, the professional peloton should be on notice. Matthew Vanderpool has developed tactics. He has <laughs> yes. He has figured out that he doesn't need to show all of his cards at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can make a few attacks and be like, "Oh man, I can't get away. Wout's just too strong. I guess I'll just ride with him." And then Wout wears himself out and Matthew can attack long and make it stick. Well, and he almost, he almost did like while in the post race was like, I thought Matthew would attack over the barriers because Matthew had done mm-hmm. a few little probing barrier attacks. The barriers were close enough to the finish. You know, the folks doing the commentary, mm-hmm. Helen Wyman and other folks were, were saying, Oh, that's a good, that Vanderpool's going to have to go there. Uh, he, he, he planted that seed and Wout let it grow in yeah, his mind. That I don't. I don't have it anymore. Yeah, where he totally I'm, I'm beat. He believed that that was going to happen, and then they went over the barriers the last time, and it was very clear. Vanderpool was like, "Nah, I'm cool. I'm good. I can wait." Uh-huh. And then it was. Yeah. Then it was trouble. Like, what was what was expecting Vanderpool to burn his match there, and he just chased him down. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Did... Yes, you're right, Spencer. It's dangerous I mean... that he's he's developing more than just attacking and blowing everyone off. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite part about this is all the Johnny come lately's to Wout Van Art over the last two years of amazing world-class seasonal performances on the road. Yeah. Still have not fully seen what all of us diehard psychocross fans have known for a long time. Uh-huh. That Matthew Vanderpool is the superior athlete, the <laughs> yeah, better any, ba- any- bike racer. Anyone but Wout, some would say. And he is going to absolutely crush everyone. He doesn't focus on... He looks over and he sees Peter Sagan going to mountain biking. Mm. Matt Vanderpool's like, I'm back to the road. But first, I got to take care of some seasonal, off-season light work. And he did that today and crushed him. It was amazing. This this is what's wild. This is maybe the most wild thing is... uh, these guys are just kind of in their preseason and they are so far ahead of everyone else that well, I, I need, I think we need to start like a, a, a change.org petition uh, to the UCI to add a new category to cyclocross worlds for those two guys so that everybody else can well, fight for get, a Jersey as well. You know what let's I mean? Let's talk about that. I mean, they, I mean, I know it seemed like eternity and there was no one in the shot, but Eli and Lars Vanderhaar had a pretty good race, only finishing like 12, 13 seconds behind. That's true. Like, that's a pretty epic performance considering the track record of Vanderpool and Wout, like over every time they've done a race uh, <laughs> this year. They were, they were like 35 seconds back, and then Wout and Matthew started kind of playing cat yeah, and mouse a little bit and slowing down, doing their recovery laps but, for eight and nine or whatever. And But Eli and Lars were... Out beyond everybody else. I mean, my pick, uh, Lauren Sweek, still got eighth. Uh, shout out, by the way, to Cameron Mason, Trinity Racing, ninth place for the young Scotsman. Oh, nice. Um, uh, Tim, uh, making you, up for Pitcock. Do you know how, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Venturini. Do you know how Venturini did? Mm-hmm. He got 10th. Yeah. 10th. Yeah. So both First your picks Frenchman. just squeaked into the top 10, so yeah. you don't well, look we completely took, foolish. We, we took what we called risks. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I did too. Mine did hit the podium. Yeah. Luckily. 
<laughs> so, anyways, the men's race was fantastic. The crowds were insane. Mm-hmm. I want to buy one of those apartments that's on the course. Good luck In fact, that. I bought a Powerball ticket today, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. But bought a Mega Millions and a Powerball ticket. If I win, I'm going to say okay. it here on episode 424 of the Slow Ride Podcast. If I win, uh-huh. I am buying one of those course side balcony apartment condos in Hoover uh-huh. High. All right. Uh-huh. A lovely scene. And you guys, I will send you the Airbnb listing. You guys can rent <laughs> oh, it out. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I really appreciate During, during race weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what we call investments when you're, a, when you're a power broker like myself with uh-huh. millions of dollars in the bank. Investments, you say. I'm going to write that down. I need to make a note. That's a solid investment. Uh-huh. So anyways, men's side, there you go. Uh, shout out to 16th place finisher Pim Runhar. Oh. The Trek Lions Very for nice. 16th place on the Very men's nice. side. Um, let's get into the uh, women's race, do a quick kind of rundown. But as uh, expected, and as said to- here on the Slow Ride podcast, uh-huh. Italy with a fourth place finish. <laughs> Sylvia Persico broke up the top seven or one through eight placing of the uh, Dutch team. Amazing uh, result. We got Fem Van Eppel taking the win over Puck Petiers uh, by 40 seconds. And then Lucinda Brand um, in third place on the podium. Um, followed by Persico, Alvarado, Worst, Van der Heiden. And Denise Betsema, before you get to ninth place, Maglia Rochette of yeah, Canada. That was awesome. All right. So, pretty awesome. 16th place, Clara Hansinger of the United States. Oh, interesting. Um, Dutch domination on the women's side. Not surprised um, at all. No. And it, and that whole race came down to one little mistake, really, because Fem, Fem and Puck were so closely matched it was just that one little bobble and that Mm -hmm. the gap open and that was it kind of a shame because it seemed like we were going to get a similar to wout and vanderpool battle to the finish uh i don't know it was a little anticlimactic acting just because of that so felt like it could have been but it was still a good race let's combine like so the women's was yesterday but then today was the women's under 23 and i Mm -hmm. just the reason why i want to combine is that Uh um Friend of the Slow Ride podcast. Dear friend. Slow Ride, dear friend. Slow Ride podcast jersey winner. Yeah. At the Trek World Cup with 16th place. Again, it's a, it's a solid predictor of future success. Um, Sheeran Van Enroy take first place. What's important here is she's 21, and so is Femme Van Eppel and Puck Pratis. So you have three Dutch women that are 21 that are arguably the fastest in the world. Mm-hmm. And then you have, I mean, that's quite the bright future for women cycling in the Netherlands. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. It's, it's, uh, maybe just maybe, a little bit. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, so it's, it's a little, I guess it's impressive. I it's don't know. It's impressive. It is impressive. Well, obviously they're doing something right. Cause, cause obviously, uh, in the men's race, it's sort of a, Belgium and and, and, yeah. and Netherlands party and then when you get to the women's side um, just the Netherlands <laughs> Belgium's not pulling the same weight on the women's side and I can't believe no. that they shouldn't be able to with, with, with how they've you know had, had people in the and past then another, yeah. and then another 21 year old wins the men's U23 of course a little known rider Thibaut Nice yeah, um, taking the win over Tibor Del Grasso of the Netherlands and Wits Musen. Tibo Nice, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, one to keep, yeah, an, keep eye an eye on, on that Tibo Nice. Did you guys watch any of this U twenty three men's race at all? Did not. No, I missed that one. It, it was a fun race. It was um, interesting for a couple of reasons. One, Tibo came out with the muds, the mud tires on, and was super okay. confident. And whatever the dude who came second was slipping around like crazy on the first lap. He went in with some sort of like intermediate tread, and he paid the price. <laughs> he got gapped okay. pretty quick. But what was really cool, and I only remember them mentioning this on the broadcast for the first three laps, but pretty sure the first two laps, uh, Tebow rode 
a 707, both laps. Like he wrote a 707, then he wrote another 707, and then he wrote a 708. That is, okay. a, that is consistency. <laughs> so he, yeah. and he went out and basically took the lead very early in the race on the correct tires and just rode his tempo. And everybody else behind him was like getting gapped, coming back, getting gapped, slipping around, having to switch tires, switch bikes. He just went out with the right equipment and did it <laughs> and was just gone. So, and it, it was really impressive how just like cool and confident, I guess, the whole performance yeah. was in, in, in all departments, like just like the laps. When he was coming in the finish, I was like doing the math as I was like washing dishes and watching this. Uh-huh. And, and I was for a second, I wasn't sure how far he was when he went to the drop down to the start finish. And I was like, oh, my God, is he going to finish where he's where his like average time will be like you know, like seven, seven, ten, or something just off a couple seconds, but he ended up, you know, like leaving a little gap in the last lap, slowed down a little bit, but for a while, celebrate yeah. consistency. Yeah. No, we could only dream of, even if I tried to go yeah. slow and do 15 I mean, minute laps, I probably couldn't keep it that consistent. It's, it's impressive for such a young guy because, you know, he's riding like he has the pedigree of a champion yeah, already, almost. which is impressive. Yeah. A lot of Nepo um, babies, you know, like I, in in cyclocross, you know, like the. <laughs> I can't it. believe we um got sixteen and a half minutes in, and little guy still has yet to mention that the men's junior world champion is a Frenchman, uh, Leo Bissau. That's true. So I actually had no idea who won the men's for, for winning. <laughs> I have to admit, um, no idea. And then, <clears throat> speaking of. Uh, uh, France. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the two Canadians <laughs> that took the victory. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Isabella is Holmgren, 20 seconds over Ava Holmgren. Yes. We have heard about the Holmgrens. Mm-hmm. Many of our listeners in Toronto have told us about how they slay the greater metro area. The MTA is the home mm-hmm. of the Holmgrens, from what we hear. So, congratulations to North America's newest world champions. Yeah. Fantastic. Many um, shout outs to them. This is the first cyclocross world championship on the North American continent since the, that one guy, (laughs) I forgot his name. The the gentleman that won, like he was in U 23s back in uh, 98. There's a junior Kelly Eric Kelly or something like that. Matthew Kelly, maybe. Yeah. I think that was the same Era. You have to imagine that uh, everyone yeah. that listens to Cyclocross Radio is just yelling right now. But uh, congratulations to the Holmgrens. It was great to see um, take the one-two victory for the, the sisters. So awesome. That has to be such a happy uh, flight home back to back to Pearson International Airport where they're probably going to have to wait a few days for their bags to show up. Well, okay. That joke was for all my Canadian listeners. Uh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Topic. Yeah, I I would say, um, you know, despite the Dutch domination, Canada may have had the strongest world championships of any country Besides. there. So combine that with the uh, they got the, the Magda they, Rochette top ten, and then yeah, you have they've Michael got Vandenham top, <laughs> top ten. The, they've got uh, they've got hardware. They're bringing home. They've got the future is bright that they're bringing home. They put. Uh, everybody on notice, and then they showed uh, how to capture the hearts and minds of social media and probably transcend past uh, uh, just traditional uh, cycling media as well. I, I think this one's going to go pretty far. Um, Vandenham, uh, you know, I taught him everything he knows about social media, um, <laughs> so he's pretty good at it. Um, if you, you think he really if, dislocated his finger, or was it? If you have plant? seen his Instagram uh, in his it. stories, that thing is L shaped. Like it yeah. is pretty gross. Like, like there's Just no gore or anything. Fake, but it is extremely right angled. Uh, all all the best, yeah. Mike. Uh, hope wish you well. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I saw him uh, also. Uh, made up a little splint with a big pen and some tape uh, to kind of hold it together. So holding the Canadian hockey tradition proud, uh, yeah. I think. And, and he can't wait right. to go home and get that free health care. It's going to be fantastic. 
Uh, that probably won't impress a lot of the Europeans, but uh, it yeah. does impress us. <laughs> it only impresses our American well, listeners, yeah. Congratulations to all of Canada, to all of the athletes, and shout out to Clara Hansinger for once again winning our hearts with a 16th place finish in the women's elite. Um, a great cyclocross weekend. Hoogerhide, the course never disappoints. For more in-depth coverage, definitely check out our friends of the podcast and our longtime network um, compatriots over at Cyclocross Radio. Um, Bill was on site. You can find him um, on Instagram and also on Twitter for some of the great coverage that he had. So uh, check it out. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful way to end Cyclocross season again. But let's get to the bigger news. Of course, I'm talking about the Hackney Hedgehog taking a stage, little guy, and Roy Costa winning something in Spain. Still preseason racing as far as I'm concerned. It's um, real. It's Nelson real racing. Nelson Palace takes, the, takes a GC. I mean, I'm sure you're going to find ways to convince us all that this is more important than what we saw at Hoogerhead. It's not more important, but I was extremely excited about the Hackney Hedgehog. I think that's their first victory of any kind since the Giro. And I've been wanting to use, say, the Hackney Hedgehog a lot for the last couple of years, and uh-huh. they've, they've not been giving me as many reasons to. So No, you, you came up with the nickname, and... The results just fell off the Vanished. cliff, like just Vanished. gone. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm very excited to see them back. And you, like you said, Paulus won uh, a GC. Rui Costa won a GC, and that's exciting. Been in the woods for a while. Could... Yes, very exciting. I was I was gonna say that I was perusing um, uh, uh, first cycling. And I, I got excited when I saw it was the Columbia National Championships because I was like, hey, you know, like, hopefully EF wins it again with Chavez, which happened because they always produce a fantastic looking Columbia National Champion kit. Like, I like to see it and it'd be way yeah. better than if, uh, like, Martinez won it for Ineos. Yes. But I have to admit, I was kind of hoping that third place finisher Nairo Quintana um, would have won because he doesn't have a team. Um mm-hmm. We don't know why he's still racing, or how he's allowed to still race. Well, he's not banned. Uh, he didn't. He didn't actually yet. get banned. He's not getting banned. It's not a bannable thing. Tramadol was not. He couldn't. He can't get banned. I thought that they could retroactively ban him, though. How could they? Just no, no but team's going to take him. It's not on the list of. It's you can't use it in a race, but you can use it. So he didn't technically use a doping product. He just you. I don't know. It's complicated, but basically, he's not banned. He's uh-huh. not sanctioned. Uh-huh. It's just that no teams want to touch him because it looks really bad, and especially the MPCC teams or whatever that all agreed not to do trauma at all. Like his team, I think Arkea was. So, I mean, he's screwed. He's totally screwed. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, if he would have won, maybe somebody would have picked him up. So, who are the non MPCC <laughs> teams that would take a risk on him? I'm assuming Astana. I'm assuming Astana as I'm well. I'm assuming yeah. Team Katusha. Are they still around? <laughs> <laughs> Katusha? Katusha. I'm thinking of all like the Russian teams that are already under sanction anyway. So, like, who- uh, but a lot of those teams are on the. I don't even actually know who's part of it anymore e- at all because it's it is Astana might be part of it. It doesn't make it doesn't matter. Like it's there's definitely teams in there that you put question marks next. Just to say they're members results. and then they yeah yeah. Well, anyway, here we are. Nairo Quintana with a solid third-place finish, which is fantastic. Um, so cool. Um, before we get into uh, the break, last week, we, we, got the, we got the mention, Simon Geshka, going to become uh-huh. our new yeah. correspondent. We haven't lined it up yet. No. But we are calling every vegan cafe in Berlin looking for the bearded man that rode his bike to get in so we can get in contact with the legendary... Tour de France stage winner and friend of the podcast that is clearly one of our favorites to become our um, on-the-site host in the Primlac. So until we get there, let's uh, let's try one more time with friend of the pod, Michael Matthews, in this week's Primlac. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap. 
What a time to be alive because with Cyclocross World Championships, uh, as we mentioned earlier, there is nothing better to do than to head over to Cyclocross Radio and listen to all of the information. You can find out more by going to wideanglepodium.com to find out about all of the shows on the network, of which mm-hmm. Cyclocross Radio is one of the main ones. And, you know, the added bonus of the sultry tones of Michael Bodenheimer and, uh, and, Bill Shiken over there, along with Zach, uh, bringing down all the information from Worlds, uh, which I'm going to need. I know there was a lot of storylines uh, out there that I probably did not pick up on, so I'm excited to to hear that and rewatch some of those races and uh, and see what they saw. So that's kind of my favorite part of it. And we did get a nice email from friend of the pod, uh, Nicholas, a day in the life in the pro. Hello, gents. Today was the day of days. At first, I didn't know this day would be what it what what it ended to be. I okay. did a really long trainer session of one and a half hours on the trainer. Took a quick shower to get back out, and just before leaving, I opened the jiffy bag I had received in the post. And sweet, it was the coolest sticker ever and a wide angle podium beanie. Uh. It's like new kit day. What a day! Fit the new beanie and head out to the blood donation. Thing there, it <laughs> dawned on me. I am living the pro-life. I didn't get any st- stallion blood back, but hey. Best regards, Nicholas. Keep up the good work. And I'm Belgian, but Simon Geshka, wow. I told you he would deliver. Love it. And of course, the <laughs> coolest sticker he's talking about is yep. the badass CX Hairs uh, uh, sticker with the Bones Brigade skeleton. Did you guys check that? It's, oh, yeah. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I want that shirt. Yeah, that was a that was a freebie uh, that yeah. Bill uh, did the shipping of uh, of all those beanies for uh, for wide angle podium uh, donors during the donor drive. Uh, that was the donor gift, um, so he shipped those out for us and uh, slipped a little a little something extra in everybody's uh, package. Oh. So that was a pretty Very cool nice. benefit for everybody that did uh, did support so, us during the drive. So. Thank so you awesome. again and for that, everyone. I wore my beanie because it got down to like 38 degrees here in Florida. Ugh. And uh, so I was wearing it inside the house. Um, I come out of my like work cave, had some jeans on and had That's like good. a Thrasher t-shirt because I'm kind of going through this midlife crisis and I want to be a skateboarder <laughs> again. And uh-huh. I like walk out and Sarah sees me and she's like, oh, you're wearing a beanie now? And she's like, I mean, it's a nice looking beanie, but... You're not a beanie guy. And I'm like, you know what? Today I'm going to be a beanie guy because it was cold. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Cool. I didn't Thanks. know you were going through a midlife crisis. That's good to know. Yeah, we'll oh. have to touch on this uh, uh, a little bit later. Yeah, think- we, we can we can talk about it yeah. later because I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the show. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are back to the show, and it's time to reopen the Slow Ride podcast mailbag. You can always email us at the Slow Ride podcast at gmail.com, where all of your emails are gratefully received, and we love reading them on the air. The first one comes to us from friend of the pod, Sid Law. Is this a must-buy jersey? Perusing my local bicycle thrift store, and I came across this gem of a Primal Wear jersey. I'm going to stop there. Uh Uh-huh. Local bicycle thrift store. I don't know where Sid lives, but it sounds like Shangri-La. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. I don't know very many bicycle thrift stores out there. I know of thrift stores, and I know that there's some stores that maybe have like like the bargain bin in the basement. Do you guys know of a lot of bicycle-themed I, thrift stores where there's this many jerseys? Because uh, he sends us a picture of a jersey rack. Yeah, that's and, a good-looking I mean, there's rack. a gold mine on this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of my basement a little bit, if I'm honest. Got a lot too many jerseys down there that don't get worn. I would so then s- he's... I was just going to say, the, the, the local f- full cycle by me, which is is sort of like helps, helps uh, teach kids how to... Work on bikes, teenagers, and like uh, homeless youth and stuff to work on bikes. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically a bicycle thrift store. It's all used stuff. They've got bikes. They got everything. Okay. It's 
it's like going to a mini swap for me in my okay. neighborhood. Nice. So it's right. similar. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, in, in uh, Sid continues, is this jersey a must-buy? It's a little ratty, a little used. But is this the best jersey for a late spring gravel race? At $5, it can should be a no-brainer, but I'm having trouble jumping on this. And the jersey itself is amazing. It is a... It's like ripped off the pages of where the wild things are. You know the children's book, Where the Wild Things Are? And you mm-hmm. have the two monsters kind of arguing with each other. It's amazing. If I'm going to share it on our Instagram page because this may be an all-time um, Primal Wear jersey. If Primal Wear kept this up. It's a good jersey. <laughs> I think it's Primal Wear. I, I mean, this <laughs> this is an all-timer jersey. If if Sid didn't buy it, then Sid, I'm sorry, man. You can just stop listening to the podcast now. Whoa. Yeah, I think he should have bought it. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> like, this is like you a no-brainer. You should send a picture of, us, of him wearing it. And if he was smart, he would have taken it and at the minimum hidden it somewhere else in the store like under a jacket or something so that no one else could take it so that he can, you know, rustle up the $5 in the couch cushions to go back and buy this jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That seems reasonable. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I don't know why you're having hesitations. Uh, it sounds like a, a, a perfect jersey, a beautiful jersey, and you even had the perfect scenario in mind for it. Spring gravel ride. Uh, you know, you're going to be throwing that damp gravel up the back gonna have that the the mud stripe it's uh it's it's you don't want to do that to your nice jerseys come on no not at all well especially the uh gonna say the old those old jerseys sometimes like that you find an older jersey you like it you love it no breathability no breathability Mm -hmm. at all but yeah yeah you can bust them out for those late season gravel it's perfect spring gravel yeah because it's you need you need uh you need like a a windproof layer and somehow those old summer jerseys from like the 90s into the early 2000s basically are like wind stopper just built right in because they're terrible but they're fine for that weather you can't wear that in the summer you'll be disgusted well you can you just you just cut the sleeves off yeah, but then we're, I mean, that's a whole other topic. That's trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, the email box continues. This one comes to us from friend of the pod, Judson. Dear Slow Ride, I'm writing for actual advice, so it seems inappropriate for the podcast. Just ignore this email. However, <laughs> I think that three current and former bike messengers will know the answer to my question. Well, as experts in the field and over 25 years ago of experience we're here for you uh winters in seattle are usually wet but mild though this year has been drier and colder than usual i would like the supple tires with good grip and good puncture resistance i do realize that i'm unlikely to get all three last winter i rode gravel kings which were great except for the high number of flats gravel kings plus are sold out this year before i started thinking about winter tires so i have a lot of indecision i decided to try the ultra dynamico they are basically gravel kings with a different tread pattern. I love the grip and the supple ride, but I have just patched my 10th winter flat, which is a bitch, a bit, <laughs> it is a bitch, but it's also a bit tedious. I rode the entire summer with only one flat, but in the winter, all the trash washes into the bike lanes, laying in wait mm-hmm. for the unsuspecting bicycle tires. What do three messengers recommend for winter or wet riding with no snow? That's. I'm amazed at that amount of flats. That is I mean, it is a lot of It flats. must be different than here because I've never had that many flats in a winter. I can't. Wow. I can think of. Well, I know. I know what t- Tim's gonna yeah, say. I was gonna say there's only one yeah. answer here, boys. Yeah. You know where Tim's we already going. know what Tim's going. Yeah. Um, so, so you just I want will me to say, say <laughs> we'll get your tough Mr. Tuffy ad in at the end of the segment. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what little guys riding these days. Um, but for me, for for a Seattle-like environment where it's wet and maybe a little sloppy and stuff, but not necessarily snowy or icy. Um, my go-to messenger tire that I uh, really had good luck with. Um, I used I used the Gator Skins for a while, and I had like so-so luck with those, uh, to be honest. Uh, the Pan Eraser T-Serves, yeah. for me, 
were bulletproof. They were really, really good. You can get them in pretty wide, um, you know, like 28s and stuff for road bikes or whatever. And they got enough tread to them uh, where you don't feel like you're going to slide out on corners and stuff. But that's that's my silver bullet that I always used. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the only advice I got. Um, Do you, what yeah, kind, kind of, of uh, pressure were you running though, Spencer? Like, I, I'm wondering if, honestly, if, if the pressure is being run too low here and so it's picking up a lot of um, like debris in through the sidewalls. Possibly. Um, Never too I want to say, yeah, like it was probably more likely that it's too high than too low. But um, yeah, just take, you know, if you're normally riding your tires around 90 in the summertime, you're going to want to rerun them around like 75, 80 in the, in the 90. colder times. Oh man. My back can't take 90 anymore. Um, I don't even know the <laughs> smallest, maybe when I, maybe when I pull the road bike out once a year, but I guess the rest of the time I'm minimum, I'm on, I'm, ta I'm talking road bikes. I'm on if you're in Seattle, yeah. you needing to climb those hills. You got, you got some, you got a road, but you well, got a titanium lightweight, um, yeah, probably lightweight but, carbon wheels. Uh, what you're, the whole but night. you're, you're in Seattle. You should be drinking that, uh, that, that, that bicycle quarterly juice up there. And you're <laughs> only running, you're only running 28. So you're going to run into John Hine or whatever his name is around town. He's going to slap you. He's going to be like 35s minimum. Come on. Um, I'm with Spencer though. Uh, those, those T-serves are good. I've I've yeah. done T serves and 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 uh, and the the Contis. I I like the um, the Pacella, which is basically the basically the T serve, but you can get a folding one that's lighter, but it still mm. has the like puncture protection. Whatever. I really like those. They're a little pricier, but they're not actually that bad. If you're running the Ultra Dynamicos and other stuff, like you're you're used to spending money on tires. <laughs> those seem like nice <laughs> tires, but I've never ridden them in winter, so. I don't know, but basically anything that Panaracer makes, which is everything that yep. is, which is all those fancy tires. Like they're all, they're all just Panaracers. You're just it's, buying different versions of Panaracers with different treads at this point, but that's fine. Cause the Panaracers the best are tires. great too. They are really yeah. great. I so. Go with the T-Serves, but when you get the T-Serves, do what you guys all know, I would say, and put some Mr. <laughs> Tuffies in there and uh, save your, Save your fingers. Ten flats is ridiculous. It's too much. Do you know how many flats I got with my Mr. Tuffies and five years of being a bicycle messenger? That would yeah. be zero. All right. I I don't know you guys, but be, I don't have anything tubeless, right? Because you know, uh, I actually that's uh -huh. that's not true. I have some mountain bikes that are tubeless, but um. I bought some Michelin something gravel tires and they're nice. So like a file tread, I got them at uh, uh -huh. the aforementioned uh, bicycle thrift store near me, but they are yeah. tubeless ready or whatever. And they were the hardest things I have ever had to get on. Um, well, and it was, we're going to get emails about this. Terrible. I hate it. I hate them so bad. And I, and I have no interest in running tubeless. What rim are you putting them on? Uh huh. I don't know. Whatever rim I had. And and, and wait, did you do one? Did you do the correct side first and then follow it with the second oh, see, side? Because... I have no idea for this weird tubeless junk. Do you have to do one side first? How would I know which side would well, go on first? Why you, would that matter? You, the A side. The you A wouldn't. Side. You wouldn't know. Um, Why would that matter? So it's 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 best if you just stick to. See, not I hate tubeless I ready. hate this already. So I'm just never gonna buy tubeless ready tires ever again. Uh, so, all right, let's move I on. I think that's for the best. Next email. I currently work in a high end boutique bike shop slash coffee shop. We sell road bikes to most of our customers, and our owner is a roadie through and through. Most of our bike sales are carbon frame, disc brakes, electronic shifting bikes with cables routed through the handlebars and stem into the frame with carbo aero wheels. Ugh. As I rode my 17-year-old carbon road bike with rim brakes, me mechanical STI shifters with external cables, the bike has a flat top tube and a rear seat post and threaded bottom bracket. The frame does have mounts for down tube shifters. And I started thinking, would my bike ever be considered appropriate for the La Roca rides? The current cutoff is 1987, which seems a little bit arbitrary to me. Yeah. Your friend Kevin Dolan. Ooh. Um, 
I this love is a great this. Question. This is a solid is question. Great. So, how do you guys say it? La Roca? Because I don't think we talked about it in the green room. I don't think anyone has ever said it out loud. They've just read about it in Rolure magazine <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> or any exactly. other like. It's, yeah, it's one fancy, of those words. Yeah, fancy you can't pronounce website. it because you've you've only read it, and that means you're smart. Yeah, thanks. Man. Um, I I I am curious where we're going to land on this because I also have a, a, I guess what would be considered a vintage carbon road bike, uh, in the time, um, VXR down in my basement that oh, I love and I can't get rid of. When was the last um, time you read it? Uh, let's not talk about that. Um, but, uh, I, I want to say it's like, it's gotta be like a 2005 model, maybe 2006. It's, it's got carbon lugs. That's how old it is. Um, okay. Yeah. But uh, I feel like that should be allowed. 1987 seems like Greg wasn't even done winning all his Tour de France's in 1987. Come on. So do they add a year each year? Yeah, that's I, I have was no wondering. idea. As I was wondering. It's like, is it a floating? Yeah. Like, so it's, what's 87? That's 35 years ago? Like, do they, or roughly 35 years ago? Like, I'm wondering if it floats that way because... That would be cool. So I think about my oldest carbon bike. I have the Jeremy Powers J-Pow Focus Rafa Team Edition from Cyclocross World. So it's at like 2013. So I have like a 10-year-old bike. Jeez, okay. we're old. Um, speaking of which, 10-year anniversary of the uh, the foam party. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to all those that were on the list. Um, They're going to have to roll it, I think. You're right, Tim. Have the add in a year otherwise they're gonna get they're gonna get swooped in by a, a different event like a different event yeah. will show up that allows people to ride those vintage carbon bikes and all the old so, old old dudes with the bikes from the 50s won't be around anymore they'll just be folks that are like well i used to race 20 years ago can i ride that i mean kevin's bike it didn't say anything about lugs so i'm wondering if it's in the same i mean or unless he's got like the carbon like uh, Trek postal bikes, because what were those like ninety nine two thousand? Yeah, yeah. Good like, when was the carbon introduction? I mean, well, I mean, in, in the eighties. I mean, yeah. You get I a, guess how far yeah. back you want to go? Yeah. Yeah, you can, like you could get a Vitus uh, or something with yeah. the uh, aluminum lugs and the carbon tubes. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a death trap wet noodle ride those right there but sweet i would totally rock one of those That'd i know you would yeah, i know you would <laughs> <laughs> hey logo if it makes you feel better vitus is uh back in the states so you know you can i know well i know but it's not the same it's not the same no it's um, not the same um but yeah i i mean i think you're exactly right like if they don't keep moving this forward to keep up with uh, the models, let's say, that are falling off the back that are no longer available even anywhere. Um, you know, uh, they got to keep up with, like, what's what's old on Craigslist? So when I'm thinking, you say a model, like, falling off the back, you don't mean, like, falling off the back of a truck or in the n- dumpster of World Cycling Productions, right? Like you no, mean, no, 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 no. Oh, I mean, okay. there, are some, there are some beautiful, like, vintage bikes, like... Uh, uh, my old boss at World Cycling Productions had a couple of uh, those nice Colnago like C40s hanging in the back that collect and dust um, from like the early 2000s, late 90s. I don't know when. Um, beautiful bikes should be getting ridden. Uh, that's a good excuse to do it. So I, I feel like, yeah, like maybe you make it a 25 gear buffer or something plus any light speed. Um, that anyone has. <laughs> I think that's like a pretty fair assessment of what could be allowed. Mm. Maybe you can ride any frame if it shows up at nine speed. Oh. You know. Gear limitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, isn't the whole event about gear limitation, though? To be, you know, fair. Oh, uh, yeah, in a different way. It's not like some sort of fixie purist thing, but yeah. How pure is it? Because I do have a road bike that would meet these qualifications in the Zeus that I dearly love, but it is currently set up as a single speed fixed gear with uh, like swept back kind of riser bars. They're going to let me ride? Not period. Correct. Get out of here. 
It's got Nitto. Nitto uh, bars. They're pretty N- cool. Nitto on a Zeus? Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Get out of here. Uh, fine. Yeah. All right, let's get to another email. Uh, Leo, uh, Black Label, hooked us up. Guys, I just had a little moment I wanted to share with you. You're the only ones, I think, who might possibly understand. But driving home after dropping the kids off, negative 24 windshields a day. Local community radio station surprised me with playing Thunder in Your Heart, which, of course, is the theme to the movie Rad. It unexpectedly gave me a shiver of excitement. I arrived home and had to sit in the car and listen and rocking out till the end. I'm going to play this in my headphones on the trainer for the rest of winter. Sure to add a few watts by springtime. Family members were not impressed when I played the song for them later, so I hope maybe you would get it. Anyway, stay warm. Leo Black Label. Uh, fantastic. Gives us the lyrics. I'm not going to do uh, what everyone wants and uh, uh, to please try don't. to sing yeah. Thunder in Your Heart, but yeah, you definitely want to uh, check it out. All-time sh- uh, soundtrack song. Incredible. The whole soundtrack uh, for Rad is completely incredible. Um, that song in particular john farnham classic uh he is he has written some some bangers um if you're into uh kind of off-brand 80s butt rock uh it is gonna be right up your alley yeah gentlemen the time has come we got an email to us from friend of the pod john bowers and he goes gentlemen If you haven't had a computer science topic on in a while, so you haven't had to hear me, your erstwhile resident computer scientist, you can, in fact, get ChatGPT to make predictions about future cycling events. Sure. You just have to know how to coax it out of the system and bypass the ridiculous content filtering. So enjoy. Here's what I asked ChatGPT. I'm writing a script about three podcast hosts, Little Guy, Spencer, and The Super Rookie. Their uh-huh. podcast is called The Slow Ride Podcast, which is a jovial take on cycling news and analysis. With lots <laughs> of dad jokes and some talk about rail bikes and how 16th place is the best predictor for future success. Mm-hmm. Please write me a script in which they interview Australian pro cyclist Michael Matthews and ask him who he thinks will win this year's Cyclocross World Championships. (laughs) Also, make sure it's subtly clear that Matthews really doesn't want to be on the show, but is doing it to promote his upcoming autobiography. Please give it a title. That he hopes will be a start of his retirement plan. Make sure Michael actually makes a prediction. Also make sure the guys drop a mention of something great that they talk about in episode 400. (laughs) <laughs> so with that uh-huh. ladies and gentlemen welcome to the slow ride podcast players in this week's chat gpt cyclocross world championship race predictions Welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast, where we take cycling news, analysis, and dad jokes to a whole new level. I'm Little Guy, joined by Spencer and the Super Rookie. That's me. And we're excited to be here today, uh, and joined by a special guest professional cyclist from Australia, Michael Matthews. That's right. Michael has an exciting new book coming out called The Last Lap, Reflections on a Champion's Career. And he's here to talk about it and his predictions for this year's Cyclocross World Championships. Uh, Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm here. Well, we're so glad you can make it, Michael. Uh, So let's get right into it. Who do you think will win this year's Cyclocross World Championship? Well, I've been following the circuit, and I think Matthew Vanderpool will take the title again this year. Wow, that's a bold prediction. Speaking of bold predictions, do you remember back in episode 400 when we talked about how 16th place is the best predictor for future success? Oh, that was a good one. Uh, (sighs) Can we get on with this? I have things to do. Of course. So... Uh, tell us about your book, The Last Lap, Reflections on a 
champion's career. Uh, what inspired you to write it? To be honest, I'm getting older and I want to start thinking about my retirement. I thought this book would be a good way to do just that and also promote my upcoming cycling events. Well, we're so glad you're here and congratulations on the book. It's sure to be a hit. And that's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the Slow Ride Podcast and a special thank you to Michael Matthews for joining us today. Make sure to pick up a copy of The Last Lap, Reflections on a Champion's Career, and keep listening to the Slow Ride Podcast for all your cycling news, analysis, and a hefty dose of dad jokes. Until next time, keep those wheels spinning. All right. So we've learned a lot. Uh, I That is... Yeah. The way to ask Chat GPT a question, apparently. Uh, they did a much better job than I was doing. Um, but, guys, I, I think we have a little bit to unpack here as well. Yes. We I, think, I think we've learned a little bit about ourselves and about the show that we need to talk about. All right. Um, yeah. You go first. Um, <laughs> it's, this seems kind of loaded, actually. I, <laughs> I'm a little worried where this is going to go. I, but, well, uh, first, first of all, how do you guys feel about the the outro? Keep those wheels spinning. Feels like something a computer would write. It's a little boring. It's it little sounds boring. it sounds like Ryder Heshtal uh, actually made that <laughs> with his with his motor, keeping those really? wheels spinning. Okay, that's good. I, I was worried that uh, always wave to your fellow cyclist was was maybe uh, in danger. Um, from keep those wheels spinning because I think yeah, that's, that's maybe good. keep those wheels spinning makes the uh, the American Flyers annual rewatch. That oh, that's a perfect place. Actually, we it. should just have Chat GPT do the American Flyers because you know after the eighth year of watching that show, it's going to be a little tough to do I another like, episode of it. I mean, yeah, we'll see what GPT. our schedules are like, and when we get to July, maybe that's we true. will. <laughs> yeah, if Chat GPT has not seen American Flyers, it definitely should. So. It definitely yeah. should. Yeah, somebody needs to show it. it. Um, also, uh, 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 the, I th- I feel like this, uh, script has a lot less super rookie in it, um, than maybe the regular show does. How did that strike you guys? Uh, feel bad feeling, good feeling point to the point to the happy face on the chart, um, where it made you, how it made well, you feel. <laughs> I gotta say, um, I even found myself trying to interrupt on the script. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I assumed I would be there, and Chat GPT showed that it was not yet up to snuff. Yeah, that's uh-huh. true. It doesn't know how much you should be jumping yeah. in. It'll it'll figure it out after this dry run. Yeah, we're just right. teaching it. Yeah. I mean, I, what else I, you got? I do. You, are are we concerned about our jobs, our future? Um, no, did an all right job. It did fine, but I mean, it didn't. It didn't bring up any vintage bike parts. I don't. I. I don't feel personally threatened. Okay. I mean, me and me and Tim might be a little, the first ones laid off. Then I guess uh, uh, it's gonna be rough. But well, we gave it our best. We did give it our best. But many thanks to uh, John for the, uh, the, the continued uh, An incredible support. script. For the incredible script that um, he did give it some good prompts. I did like that was in there. But uh, yeah, overall, it was, a, it was a fun time. I am a little worried about my job in the long run. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I have a couple of quick updates uh, on my end for you guys is that the Panasonic is coming alive. So don't call it a comeback, but a comeback is happening because the Panasonic track bike is getting closer. Got Sagino 75 uh, gold uh, uh, chain rings on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. sweet campy record high flange track hubs. Mm-hmm. Um, Daddy's can, coming home. You now, can find the, uh, the, the old gold ones, uh, gold yeah. rims and, and hubs. I, I can't. I I have gold rims, but I, I could not find Suzu the velocity hubs, right? track reels. What's that? Yeah. The Suzu <laughs> hubs. Upgra- yeah, you've upgraded, Timmy. I've yeah. definitely upgraded, uh, but I got to tell you, I um, so I still don't know what on. the bar and stems is going to be. I don't know if like the Mavic uh, bar and stem combo can be found. Probably not. Not with that attitude, anyway. Um, Tim, I now 
you alluded to having a midlife crisis earlier and becoming oh, yeah. a skateboarder. It's, it's yeah, it's multiple sports. Uh, these these are tied in. Right these are these are tightly woven uh, into the super rookie uh, crisis. Then, oh yeah, like the, I mean, this bike is just this bike will solve some things. Um, okay, a friend of mine Found is. A friend of mine is um, creating it. That's a uh, Taylor Norton down there at the bikery. If anybody's ever in St. Pete, it's one of the coolest bike shops I've ever been to um, in the country. And I get to go to a lot of bike shops uh, for work and Taylor's store is fantastic. Um, so I want everyone to uh, check it out. And the, the bike is not yet done, um, but I still have not seen a full picture of it. I've seen kind of some detail shots i've shared it on the slow ride podcast instagram account so i'm gonna go check it out mm-hmm. wheels look great chain ring looks fantastic i don't know if he's gonna have the uh remember how i had the motorcycle chain on mine do you guys remember that the the whipperman like super like double wide yeah the half link yeah and then he did get the campy arrow seat post that i wanted okay i um, got the Sella italia saddle that i also had chris king gold headset mm-hmm. yeah what we don't have is the mavic bar and stems i think i haven't gotten a text back from him and i think he's avoiding me for the those are going to be impossible yeah you're never going to find that yet. that's what you had those, before it's the mavic yeah they were yeah, that, they, that was an extremely that was, weird find 20 years ago when you found them yeah. yeah it's like what i need to do is just get the bar and stem combo that he's going to find and just get an anodized gold. That's what I have to do. Yeah. That's like, I've already accepted that, but I'm back. I say it right now. All right. So, well, Tim's Tim's crisis corner. Um, well, thanks for the report. <laughs> what what did you have on further for tires last time? What are you going to do? For well, tires? that that was the start oh, of this. Geez. Sorry, he did ask me what tires, and I told him I wanted some Michelin Speediums in, in red. a red. Yeah, um, uh, they available. don't make those. I don't think anymore. Yeah. Um, no. It was a very gumball red too. Like just looking at them, they looked like they would get a bunch of punctures. But like I was telling our friend in the Pacific Northwest, Mister Judson, is uh, put some toughies in any tire, and you're fine. That's true. You could probably get some GP like five thousands in red still. So it's it's coming along, boys. I'm back. Still have my Monex jacket too. (laughs) So little guy, you went to a bike swap. No, I didn't go to a bike swap. That's the point. Wait, what? Wait, what? There was a bike swap, and I forgot about it until I I looked at Instagram at some point in the evening, and and I saw friend of the podcast theo had posted he said like he had a bunch of stuff and he said bike swap stuff and i thought huh bike swap well was he getting ready for a bike swap and i was like oh no i forgot about the bike swap (laughs) i'm glad i did because it i didn't have time it was on the other side of town uh Uh the Uh caitlin was using the car i wouldn't have been able to Uh get it would have created so Uh many problems uh-huh. And it would have stressed me out all day knowing it was happening uh-huh. and I wasn't there and all the deals I was missing. And so it really uh-huh. was for the best that I forgot. Because I would have spent yesterday racked with anxiety knowing that somebody was buying a $5 broken front derailleur that I wanted. <laughs> and so I'm trying, I think I'm, I think I'm growing a little. I'm, I'm trying to come to terms i don't need any more bike parts though as i told caitlin later i was like i i missed the bike stuff she's like yeah you haven't really bought any bike stuff for a while and i was like you're right i haven't i should probably go buy some bike stuff you know little guy little guy little guy little guy little guy you've got the worst attitude about this (laughs) you don't need to skip bike swaps so that you don't buy things you need to go to bike swaps and bring all your stuff so that you can sell it and that then accidentally buy a bunch of extra stuff and go yes. home with all the stuff you brought plus the new stuff. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know I've done that many, many times. I just, I really, we've talked about this a little off air. I think we, you, me, Spencer talked about this like mm-hmm. after one of the last podcasts we did without Tim around was basically that I have like 10 or 11 bikes and I ride two of them. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't, it's stupid. Why do I have all these bikes? Most of them get ridden maybe once or twice a year, and it's absurd. 
it's absurd on so many levels. They take up space. It's just, I don't yeah. know. And they're just, mo- and when I do want to ride them, they require an hour of maintenance. maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not even like you can just that's, grab them. That's the fun part. That's the joy of cycling, little guy. Well, some, it's, f- I do enjoy wrenching. So that's the thing. I yeah. like working on the bikes, but at a certain point, when you have 10, uh-huh. it's stressful uh-huh. to work on the bikes because they all uh-huh. need something. If I just had mm-hmm. one or two, I think maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to there's, figure out which ones yeah. I can pair back in my life. There's no way. There's no way to make that that call. It's like, uh, you know, deciding between, uh, you know, your 10 children, which ones you're going to throw into the volcano a little bit. It's, they do yeah. all feel my like Some of them I've had so long now. I've had some of these bikes for like almost 20 years. Yeah. And that's insane. And it's so hard to, even though I don't ride it, part with it, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I, but I really need to, you know, figure out <laughs> you know, little guy, if you, if you're looking to get rid of a bike, the, the best solution is just to park it in your backyard, kind of between your fence and the, yeah, uh, you know, that. and the shed. <laughs> um, cause it'll be nice and safe there. And nobody will walk in your backyard and steal it. And then you won't have it anymore. And, uh, you won't really miss it yeah. because it was your own fault. You know, on that topic, somebody did, I think, try to break into my garage a couple weeks ago. Cause oh, no. I'm sorry. They didn't get in. I mean, but when I went out there, this is hilarious to me, is that there was, there was like a water bottle and some like trash in my backyard by the, the like side door to get in my garage. And there was a credit card. Like someone had been trying to do the credit card thing, which I thought only okay. really worked in movies. And yeah. it obviously that's a, didn't that's work. That's a naked gun 33 and a third trick. It didn't work for this person either because it was just there on the ground and my garage was still locked. Um, so I'm really glad, <laughs> you know, nothing got stolen. Did you Google the person on the credit card? No, it wasn't credit. It was like a, um, it was like a Maury's, Maury's, the local car dealerships. It was like some sort of like, I don't know what it was. Very flimsy but, story. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I have it. You want me to go get it? It's in my garage. But, of course you kept it. Um, huh. You're right, Spencer. You leave something in the backyard, eventually it will get it will get taken. But so, well, bike. gentlemen. Not my bike. It has been a blast. <laughs> I went to chat GPT to write this outro, so here goes. That's a wrap for episode 434 of the Slow Ride Podcast. We want to give a big shout out to all of our listeners and fans for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod for, mo- for more updates and content. We love hearing from our fans, so feel free to email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com with any feedback or suggestions for future episodes. Oh. And as a friendly reminder, our host, the Super Rookie, took the 2020 Shawamigan Fat Tire Festival race victory over Spencer and Little Guy. Until next time, keep the wheels spinning. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's good. definitely some flaws with ChatGPT still. Yeah, I did get the year wrong of the uh, Schwamigan Fat Tire Race. So we all know it was 2019. Interesting. I think I say this is mad in Minneapolis. Yeah, I think we're kind of out of jobs at this point. Yeah. Well, well it's been nice knowing you guys. This has been Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists keeping their wheels spinning on the Slow Ride Pod. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Uh, Timmy, quick eBay search. No speediums in red, but there are some lithions with red Ooh. sidewalls, black in the middle and red. There's a lot of those. A lot of red. And, and there's some highlights, uh, Michelin like highlights, which are pretty red. sweet. They're pretty right. red. They're out there. Guys, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to come back to the track. Wow. What an episode. That was amazing. When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh man.
that was great. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, Cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host a, another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon to be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the media pit with my buddy Zach and Michael, where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends.